Hello again. Good morning. I had to bring my coffee up here with me. Pretty cold now. Those of you who know my coffee preferences know I hate cold coffee. Hallelujah. You know, before we get into the word, um, uh, Children's Church, you guys are free to go unless you want to stay. Children, any of y'all want to stay? Show of hands. That's all right. I'm not offended. Praise the Lord. It's time to get into his word. Amen. Father God, thank you for preparing our hearts to receive your word, Father God. And, 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 and Father God, we listen to your word with purpose. We listen to your word, Father God, for the, for the intent to study it for ourselves, to, to build up our faith, Father God, to learn the way of the Lord that we might walk in it. And so, Father God, we just, we incline our ears and we surrender our hearts to you, Father, and say, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. I just have a word of encouragement for you and, and a, a word of challenge. I'll start with a commonly known verse out of John 8, verse 36, reading in the ESV translation, and it says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Another translation says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And that is really the title of the message today. You are free Indeed. Before I go on, let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. Very familiar passages. Y'all didn't leave me much time today, so uh, y'all boxed me in, so I won't take long. Second Corinthians 5, starting at verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All that is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I tell you what, man, that ought to get, 
That ought to get us leaping. That ought to get us shouting. That ought to get us excited. That ought to, that ought to, that ought to elicit some praise the Lord and some hallelujahs. Because, you know, he made Christ to be sin, even though he didn't know sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In Christ, there was nothing that any of us could do to be reconciled with God. There was nothing that we could do to make ourselves righteous. All of our righteous deeds or righteous acts are as filthy rags, right? And, and, and that's a hopeless state of affairs. But thanks be to God, we didn't have to try and earn that which we were incapable of earning. Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, came, willingly sacrificed himself, paid our penalty, became sin for us. And all we have to do is surrender to him, believe him for who he is, the only begotten Son of God, Lord and Savior of the world. And in him, we are the righteousness of God. You are free indeed. All things have passed away. Behold, all has become new. That includes you. You are a new creation. You might look the same in the mirror. You might still need to drop a few. Lord knows I do. There may be a little bit more gray. Y'all can't see it on me now because I just shave it all off. I look in the mirror, and sometimes I look at that and say, ooh. And sometimes I lie to myself and say, you know, Atlas is still in there somewhere. But thank God he doesn't require perfection on that level. So, But I'm a new creation. I look at that and say, ooh, man, same old creation. No, no, no. I can't lie to myself. I'm a new creation in him. Whoever you were before ain't you anymore. Whatever your identity was before ain't your identity anymore. You may not be walking in perfect maturity yet, but you are not the same. You know, one of the things that the Lord really impressed upon me in reading about the children of Israel, and we all know the story when, 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 he, when, when God's mighty hand brought them out of bondage to Egypt and Moses led them on the cusp of inheriting the promised land. And they would not go in because Ten of the spies said, uh-uh, nothing awaits us over there but death. And why didn't they go in? They were free, right? God set them free from, from the bondage of Pharaoh. But they didn't go in because they were still slaves. They still had a slave mentality. And so they were incapable of making decisions and walking in faith and inheriting the land as free men because in their minds they were not free. 
And that serves as an example for us today. For in Christ, we are free indeed. But the thing that keeps us bound at times is that in our minds, we, are, we have a slave mentality. We're not free from sin. I still, I'm, I'm still tripped up by some of the things that tripped me up before I met Christ. So I'm not new. I'm still the same old me. That's a lie. I said that's a lie. And why is it important? Why am I harping on that? Because mentality, perspective, what we believe concerning ourselves helps determine our, whether or not we're able to walk in the freedom that God gave us in Christ. If I believe and think of myself as a sinner, a sinner, I'm struggling, sinner, sinner, guess what's going to continue to trip me up? The same old sin that had a hold of me before I met Christ. But if I believe in myself, if I believe what God says of me, that I am a child of God, that I am redeemed, that I'm a new creation in him, that I'm not the same, I may struggle, I may falter from time to time, but I'm still on that path. I'm still on that path becoming conformed more like Christ day by day by day. I'm, I, I'm not defined by the occasional mistake. I'm not defined by the imperfection. I'm defined by the relationship I have with Christ. I'm defined by him. My identity is him. My identity is in him. And that does not change. Are you hearing me? Whatever my identity was before ain't my identity anymore. And I speak as a young man who struggled with identity. I speak as a fatherless young man whose, whose dad lived in the same town as I grew up in, but he was not interested in being a father. His dad tried to fill in the gap, my grandpa. But it, 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 it was appreciated, but it wasn't the same. I struggled. I don't know what is wrong with me that he does not want to be a father to me. And so as a young man, I struggled with belonging. I struggled with, I needed to belong. I needed to have, I needed identity, something that made me secure in who I was. And God had to deal with that. And praise God, I was a grown man. I had, you know how you do. You know what? I got to a certain age. Okay, didn't want to be a father to me. I'm done. I'm, I'm over it. I don't want anything to do with them. I walked in bitterness and unforgiveness and so forth. And then there came a time in my walk with the Lord. You know, th th that was a weight that just kept pulling me down. That just made me struggle. I had serious father issues. And I didn't know it, but I would project that on God. And that affected my relationship with him my broken relationship with my dad. And God lovingly began to deal with me around my late 20s, right about the age of early 30s, somewhere off in there, 29 to 31. He really began to deal with me. And he began to soften my heart toward my dad. And as I was drawing close to my heavenly father, he was beginning to break that hardness off. 
all right? He began to deal with my identity issue that started when I was a, a baby. <laughs> it started when I was a boy. And as I began to be secure in my identity with the Lord, I began to be able to walk in forgiveness and begin to love my dad who really didn't have anything to do with me. And so much so that I can give the testimony that my dad and I were reconciled and, and, and we had a good relationship. And I'm glad because it wasn't long after we reestablished that relationship that he died in his early 50s, somewhat unexpectedly. And fortunately for me, I was, uh, because of the work that God did in my heart, I was able to get some closure on some things and to get some forgiveness and get healed in that before my dad passed. I, I didn't have to go through the what if. I wish I, you know? And so, and some of that, I don't know, I don't know why I'm sharing this. I, I wasn't planning on sharing this today, but uh, I just trust God in it. And maybe what I'm sharing today may be helpful to you today. But if God is really moving on you uh, to really reconcile and take steps toward reconciliation with the loved one who has, who has hurt you, who who's in some way broke you in the past, I would encourage you to, 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 to obey the leading of the Lord in that. Because it, 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 you must do it because it's, 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 it's important. God is, it's important or God wouldn't be leading you in that direction. And I would just say, soften your heart and just trust God in it. As painful as you expect it to be, as difficult as it might be for you to envision even going down that road, trust God in it and wade into that deep water and, and, and just obey him. Because God wants to do a work in that person's life and in your heart. Okay? Are you hearing me? I just... I just wanted to encourage it. That, 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 I felt like God wants to encourage somebody with that uh, this morning. But whatever your identity was before ain't your identity anymore. And I want to reiterate this sentence. You might not be walking in perfect maturity yet, but you are not the same. Don't let a slave mentality prevent you from laying hold of the fullness of God. Not only are you not a slave to sin anymore, you are also no longer a slave to the hurts of the past. Again, you are free indeed. Even your family's sinful history does not own you. I'm going to say it again. Your family's history does not own you. And it does not belong to you. I want to refer you to Gideon. You remember Gideon? His dad was worshiping idols. Their community had turned to worshiping idols. And what got 
God, God told him, I want you to tear down the Asherah poles. I want you to go in and rip up everything that's important to your dad. I want you to go and take a stick and I want you to whack a hornet's nest. It's basically what he said. I want you to go, I want you to deal with, to bring down that sinful legacy that is in your family. I want you to confront that. Basically, that's what he's doing, right? I want you, this is, this is the day that you're going to change the legacy of your family. This is the day that you're going to change your family's heritage. This is the day that you're going to raise the banner of the Lord and watch the Lord fight on your behalf. Watch the Lord transform your family for God. I believe God is challenging some of us to do that. Me among you. But your family's history does not own you and it does not belong to you. Do not be afraid to come, up, to come out from among them and be thou separate. I know it may make you feel isolated and you don't want to be <laughs> ostracized, but at some point, there's a dividing line. I've chose to live my life for Christ. I've chose to raise a standard of truth in my life. And, and, and I'm not abandoning you, family, but, but, but I'm standing strong in what I believe. All right? And I'm going to love you, and I'm going to fellowship with you, and I'm going to commune with you, and so forth and so on, but know where I stand and I, my objective is to win you for the Lord, <laughs> right? And so, and so we, may, we may be called upon like Gideon to change that family heritage and to get our family headed from, from, from sin and death to the Lord, to the salvation of the Lord. Amen? Uh, I'm going to finish up in Philippians chapter 3. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 3. Because I know everybody's got food on their minds. <laughs> We're feeding right now, though, right? You know, we were talking about our broader family history. I just, I believe the Lord wants me to tell you, you are now the heritage of the Lord. And he is your, yours. And I believe God is telling you today to truly embrace the truth that in Christ, you are free. <laughs> Indeed. And I, and I believe if that message just begins, if it quickens in your heart, you may have been struggling in an area for years. It may have been something that you just, you, you desperately want to shake it, but it just, it's like a pit bull. It's tenacious. It will not let you go. I want to challenge you today and say, it is not the tenacity of, well, how do I want to say this? I'll tell you what, that pit bull is not tenacious as you believe it to be.
the attention needs to be less on the pit bull and more on your new identity in Christ. You know, and I can't, I, I can't speak from experience because I never worked in a circus. But I heard the story years ago, and I've repeated it before, so. But it talks about, you, you guys have seen uh, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey, and all that other stuff. You see, oftentimes they have these big trained elephants. And those elephants have a, a little rope tied around one of their heels. It just blows my mind. At the other end of the rope, it's tied to like a, a stake in the ground. Think about that. It's tied to a stake in the ground. Now, that elephant physically can pull that up without even breaking a sweat because it's just a stake in the ground. The elephant is one of the most powerful mammals on earth, right? But the thing that keeps it, but when it, when it, when it gets to the, uh, when the rope gets taut, it stops. Why? Because from a baby, they trained that elephant that it cannot go beyond the end of the rope. So in his mind, it's in bondage to that rope. That rope is its limitation. The only thing keeping it from ripping up that peg is a mentality, is a slave mentality. All right? If it ever pulls up the peg, oh, that revelation, I don't think they can use it anymore. <laughs> but it serves as an illustration to us. Oftentimes, the thing that keeps us from walking in the things of God is, a, is that we're, in our minds, we're tied to a rope. And that, and that rope is tied to a stake in the ground that's rooted somewhere in our history, somewhere in our past, somewhere in our failings, somewhere in our families. And, and we, don't, we don't feel like we can get, we don't feel like we can get free from it. But God wants you to know you're already free in Christ. And if you believe the truth that you are free, then it becomes easier to walk in the freedom that you already have. Amen? Royalty, kings, even pharaohs and so forth, their oldest son, they begin to train him up as the eventual king. You don't have to convince a royal that they're a royal. That's just who they are. Right? So we need to realize free is who we are in the Lord. Amen? So I believe God is speaking to our perspective. And I think 2020 is coming up. You know, I believe God wants to give us some new spectacles. He wants to give us, he wants to do spiritual LASIK and get our vision corrected about uh, concerning ourselves, concerning who he is, concerning our relationship with him, you know, concerning what he can do in us. He wants to give, he wants to correct our vision in 2020. Amen. And so, and it begins with this. We are free indeed in him. We're no longer in bondage to sin and death. Hallelujah. We are free indeed. So, uh, uh, Philippians chapter 3, 
Verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. This is a mentality that's going to really take. Talk about a bulldog mentality. Whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I'm going to do something here and, and say Paul's perspective, he had every reason to have confidence in his lineage, in his history, in his heritage, and think that he was all right with God. But he's saying, you know what? I count all that as loss I'm, because my identity is in Christ. My sufficiency is in Christ. He's coming from the good side of the coin. He's laying down all the good stuff that he could rely in other than Christ. I would say the flip side of that also applies, that we can lay down all the bad stuff, all right, that makes us lie to ourselves and think that we are unworthy of what God wants, that we are unworthy on the basis of our junk. And while there is some truth in that, there is a surpassing truth that we are worthy because of what Christ did for us. Amen? The junk still exists, but the superseding truth is what matters, is that we are in Christ. And, and like Paul can lay down all those benefits, all those uh, positive aspects of his history as he pursues Christ, we can lay down all the negative and leave it behind us in our pursuit of Christ, amen? in our pursuit of what he has for us. So whatever gain or loss I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. The surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. One translation says dung. The Greek word there, it, 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 it can be translated as dung or, or, or it can be translated as uh, uh, the, 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 the scraps that, that, that the humans wouldn't eat. They just throw that to the, to the dogs and so forth. But count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Amen? We can't work our way into salvation, right? Why? Because it's on faith. It's by grace through faith. It's impossible. The Lord proved to us we cannot fully, fully fulfill the requirements of it. It was impossible. That's what it was designed to do. Show you, you don't have it in you to do it. It's okay. I will come down, take upon human flesh, fulfill the requirements of the law for you, and then bring you in unto myself. And I will clean you up. And I will make you a spotless bride. And I will make you, uh, uh, I will give you relationship with me. We will be reconciled as we were before sin entered in. Amen? I will restore all things. Hallelujah. 
verse 10, that I may know him. You know, is it John 17, 4 that said, this is the eternal life, that we may know him? <laughs> Amen? So, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Think about that. And now, we look at resurrection as in only in the context sometimes of there, in that day, Everyone, you know, with the sound of the trumpet, and there'll be a mighty shout, and we all shall, the dead in Christ shall raise. But, you know, but resurrection, God can resurrect the dead things in our lives right now. You know, the, 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 the dead hopes, he can raise and bring life. The, res, the power of his resurrection, in other words, can 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 be revealed day by day by day as we walk with him. It's not just something that's in the future. It's something that's a living reality day by day by day in our lives. That resurrection power also broke the grip of sin over our lives. We're no longer slaves to it. That's, the, that's knowing him and his resurrection power. I can say no, I can take authority, and I can yield my members to righteousness rather than yielding them to sin. The resurrection power of Christ gives me that ability. Amen? Amen. It's a witness and a testimony of him, of the salvation of the Lord. And so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. You know what? It's all right not to be perfect. All right? It's all right not to be perfect, you know, as long as we don't just rest and just content ourselves in it. That, that, that it's all right not to be perfect, but where, where am I pressing? Okay? What am I striving for? I'm striving to be like him. I want God to fully form Christ's character in me. I want, you know, hallelujah. So I want to run the race that is marked out for me. I want a well done, thy good and faithful servant from God at the end of my days. And so I'm continuing to strive for that. All right? There are people who need to be snatched out of darkness and brought into his marvelous light. There are people who are on their way to hell that need the salvation of the Lord, and I have a part to play in that, in that repentance, in that transformation in their lives. I want to be there. I want to do the work of the Lord as he has called me to do. Amen? And so I want to fulfill his purpose and call on my life. He says, brothers... I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. And here's what I want to encourage you. Forgetting. Say forgetting. Say it again. Forgetting. Forgetting what lies behind. We need to forget in the sense that, you know, just imagine what the children of Israel would have, how they would have made a different choice when they were on the cusp of the promised land, if they had forgotten what lied beneath, what lied behind them. They, 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 they couldn't get it out of their system. They just could not 
free their minds. When things got hard, when things got difficult, when when they didn't see a way for success or victory, needling in their minds was always the option to go back. But scripture says, no man that puts his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, and I, I'm just going to say, it may not sound very loving, but it's loving to speak the truth. <laughs> All right. Okay. What lies behind is behind. We've been pulled out of that. We've been redeemed out of that. We may have to still deal with it if it's our family and so forth. It, it may be an environment that we are still struggling with. But spiritually, we are redeemed. We are free, and we need to remember that, and we need to think in that way. But forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You are free indeed. Closing remarks, I would I'd like to recite a few examples from the word. Even in the lion's den, a Christian is free indeed. Daniel was in the lion's den, but he was free, right? It didn't look that way, but he was free. God had his back. He was in the Lord. And the Lord closed the mouths of the lion. In the natural, he should have been lion food. But he had a God in heaven that he could put his trust in and know that he would never leave him nor forsake him. That even in an enclosed environment that was designed for his destruction, that he was free and more than a conqueror. In his God. Amen? So your circumstances don't rule you. You're not a slave to your emotions. You're not a slave to your circumstances. You're not a slave to your past. You're not a slave to sin or death. You are free indeed. Even in the fiery furnace, a Christian is free indeed. They shouldn't have survived that. Even the guys that threw him in there died. But I love, I love their attitude. I love their faith in the Lord. They're like, you know what? We believe our God can save us from that. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow the knee. Because we've made a choice and there's no turning back. Amen? Amen? We may be under your authority right now, but we are free indeed. You don't rule us. We serve. We serve the most high. Amen? So even in the fiery furnace, even in prison, a Christian can be free. Even in prison, a Christian is free. Ask Paul and Silas about that. Beaten thrown into prison, treated horribly, 
and and here they are sometime around midnight you know they could have they could have wallowed in it they could have thought as they could have put on a slave mentality but no somewhere around midnight they just, they just begin to worship because they realized that they were free in the lord they realized that they had victory in the lord and that that there was a surpassing reality yeah there it was real the, the fact was they were in prison but there was a surpassing truth that even in this prison they're free indeed in him amen even in the midst of being weighed down by family baggage a christian is free indeed I'm going to ask you to stand. That's what the Lord wanted to encourage you with today. He wants you to, he, he wants you to cap, get, grab a hold of that revelation. Like the elephant, like the illustration, the elephant tied to the peg with the rope. <laughs> he, he, he's bound to it, but it's not much of a bind. It's, it's, it's flimsier than he thinks it is in his mind. And so the Lord wants to give you that revelation today. The strong man in your life ain't really as strong as you think he is. The sin that has been a struggle for you doesn't have the power that you think it has. You are free, loved ones of the Lord. You are free, brothers. You are free, sisters. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I got a couple of amens, but if you, uh, there should be more if you believe that. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hear it. Believe it. Walk in it. Trust God in it. And you will, you will see victory in areas that, have, that you have known defeat in. Once you realize the true freedom you have in the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word of truth. We thank you that you gave Christ Jesus to be sin for us, to suffer, bleed, and die on an old rugged cross as a penalty for our sins so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I thank you, Father, that 
that, that you made a way for us flawed individuals, Father God, to come to you. That our reconciliation and relationship with you is not based on performance, but in faith. By faith, through grace. And once we realize we are free and that we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast, Father God, then we can begin to think, not only will we think like free men and women of God, out of that knowing that we are free, we'll begin to walk as free men and women of God. Not because we're trying to earn something, but it's because it's, it's who we are in you. And then we obey you, not trying to strive and gain your approval, Father God, because your love cannot be separated from us. But, but, but we, we can do it because we love you. Just thank you for speaking that truth into our hearts today, Lord. And, and Father God, I just thank you for, for open hearts. I thank you, Father God, for receptive hearts that, are, that, that that seed has been planted in the good soil, Father God, and it's going to bear much fruit, Father God. We're going to see, I declare it, we're going to see repentance. We're going to see victory over sin. We're going to see victory over past uh, past hurts and, and offenses and so forth, we're going to see breakthrough. We're going to see chains unshackled, Father God. We're going to see people unshackled from their chains. We're going to see prison doors open, Father God. We're going to see root causes of a lot of issues in people's lives, Father God, plucked up and destroyed. Hallelujah. We're going to begin to see, Father God, the work of the Spirit, Father God, just being manifest in everyone's lives, Father God, to the glory and testimony of the Lord Jesus. And we just thank you for it, Father God, in Jesus' name. We bless you. And, and Father God, uh, uh, we just thank you for the fellowship that we're about to enjoy, the, th the Thanksgiving dinner we're going to enjoy here uh, immediately after service. I ask you to uh, bless those, Father God, who lovingly have served and prepared the meal that we're about to enjoy. And we ask your blessing on the food for the nourishment of our bodies and our time of fellowship, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.